Who's the more foolish? The fool or the fool that follows him? Uh, the fool who doesn't wear a helmet. What? I don't know. <laughs> That's a, it's, a, it's a Star Wars quote. Right. I yeah. thought there was a third option there. Obi-Wan from, uh, from A New Hope. Yes. You know. You know. I, I did catch it. I just... Yeah. I yeah, think there should be a third option there because no, nobody like there's a lot of people in Star Wars that everyone else is wearing helmets, but they don't, and it just seems foolish. Okay, well, what about I'll, I'll hit you with another one. What about um, uh, the ability to speak does not make you intelligent? <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not intelligent. No. <laughs> uh, hello and welcome to the Movie Men Podcast. The B team. B team. That's Carl. This is Brady. Oh my God. And um, <laughs> we're here to talk about the Bad Batch. Something that, listen, a Bad Batch season two specifically. Um, something that's been. You no, know, I didn't think. I'm going to jump in here real quick. Sorry. Yeah, do it. Yeah. I didn't think that we would. This is something that you would. We end up on our list. Why? Of things to review. I don't know. I just because like I. I've seen all the Clone Wars, and I watched Bad Batch when it came out, and yeah, yeah I've, I've seen all the Clone just Wars. Just well. watch Rebels, but you like you had only recently started watching Clone Wars. I watched Clone Wars in anticipation for Bad Batch season two. Right? Did you? When did did you watch Bad Batch when it came out? Uh, no, I was late to the game on that as well, but I did watch it. Yeah. So, like, yeah, and it's I know Star you Wars, didn't. Man. Yeah, I know it's Star Wars, but it's never it's never been something that really hit me as something that you are really um eager to jump on or eager to check out. I mean, Mando season 3 is in our calendar as well. Yeah, but that's let's I guess I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. guess um we did Andor. It's 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 an animated Star Wars. I don't know. It just for whatever reason it it didn't we did so Tales of the compa- Jedi. Compared, compared to Andor and compared to Mando, you know this is a this is technically a kids show. <laughs> yeah, well, so is the Movie right? Man so, podcast. I mean, we're you, as you've mentioned before in a previous episode, we are we are just man childs. Mm-hmm. And and you you're know, just we're, proving we're trapped, my point. We're trapped in these growing, aging bodies, but we don't want to grow up. Yeah, but we're Peter it, Panning it, it. it just, it, it never occurred to me that this would be something so that we would do. So when it ended up on the calendar, I was like, oh, okay. I guess Brady's uh, checking those, those, mo- those shows out, out. Well, what's your point? You want to do this uh, or not? Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. I'm, <laughs> I'm right. eager. So it's something that I, this is, this has been a long time coming for me more than it's been for you because as you alluded to i had to watch the clone wars i had to watch seven seasons of a predecessor yeah. show um and I, I i i feel it important i want to i want to just spend five minutes here maybe not even um kind of giving my report of my my watching of the clone wars um Do you when did you finished it very recently right uh four or five days ago yeah cool yeah 
Um, I'm eager to I'm eager to hear your your final your your school report on the Clone Wars, the animated series. All right. Well, I have I don't have them listed here. I do believe that earlier on in the series, like maybe maybe only season one, um, there are at least one or two moments that I believe contradict canon. Okay. Ha- having said that, so one of them, and you and I already kind of off mic debated one of them. Um, there's a lot of times, there are a lot of times, including one time where together, Anakin and Obi-Wan face off against Count Dooku in this series. Right. And in the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, there's when they go to fight Dooku, Obi-Wan looks at Anakin and says, this time we'll do it together. And Anakin says, I was just about to say that because he's a lying dick. Um, (laughs) And that's clearly a reference. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely referencing their last battle in episode two. Where Anakin loses an arm and and so on and so forth. And so the fact that not only do they both separately have several encounters with Dooku leading, like they end up in a jail cell together with him. Not only do they, do they separately fight him a couple of times, they do at least once together encounter him in, in a fight. Um, so that's a l- bit of a stretching of canon. Was there, because I mean, Revenge of the Sith came out before Clone Wars. So really what they were trying to do w- was, retcon canon a little bit because when when revenge of the sith came out that's clearly what they're referencing they're clearly referencing the end of attack of the clones and i think clone wars tried to retcon it and did it in a semi-successful way but not as successful a way as i would have liked um the other moment Quick, just quick, quickly yeah. to that point. It it would be hard to do a long run an animated series where your essentially your two main protagonists never run into the main and one of the main antagonists. Oh, absolutely, I agree one hundred percent. It had to be done. Um, yeah, it's just it was a little sloppy. To, like it, it still it at the end of the day, it still yeah. contradicted canon. Um, the other that I believe contradicts canon is in Revenge of the Sith um, when Obi-Wan fights General Grievous in their lightsaber battle and General Grievous extends his other two arms and has now four lightsabers and starts like spinning them and, and, you know, walking towards him. The look on Obi-Wan's face is clearly one of, oh shit, I didn't expect that. I did not know, like, I I wasn't prepared for that kind of a fight. He has this, like, just shocked look on his face. Not only do they fight Grievous with four lightsabers several times in the Clone Wars, but there's a couple of times that Grievous even cop like uh, clearly this having to spin and hit the ground while he marches towards someone that's one of his go-to moves because <laughs> he does yeah. it more than once and so that was the other moment that i was like you should not be shocked here 
when this happens. This should not be well, maybe, a maybe it's less moment to you shock at all. and and more. Oh crap! I hate having to deal with this. I uh, yeah, I don't know. Again, that's a retcon. <laughs> is is at the end of the day, it's a retcon, um, and it's one that for me didn't pan out as well as I'd like it. But so having said that, have, having gotten those negatives out of the way, um. Earlier on in the series, there are a couple of... So the way Clone Wars is sort of broken up is every so often you'll have sort of a standalone episode that is just kind of start and finish its its own little thing. More often than not, it's two, three, maybe four, maybe once, five episode-long story arcs, right? They kind of previously on and then like all this yeah. stuff happened you're like oh okay we're yeah. picking up where this left a off. lot of times they're like war arcs or they take place over a specific war on a specific planet it's a specific planet like or some villagers are missing and that yeah. turns into this and so on and so forth some of them are just flat out boring some of them felt like like sort of episode fillers and like you know needing to meet the series quota and some of them i had no interest in or no interest in um, some of them I enjoyed quite a bit, um, specifically ones that delved deeper into some Star Wars lore, like ones that uh, these are in no particular order. And there's maybe ones that I enjoyed more, but things that are sticking out to me right now are the younglings going and, and collecting their kyber crystals. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a good I one. was like, oh, my gosh, like this is deeper Star Wars lore. This is really cool. Um, so stuff like that was really great. Um, stuff like, I, I mean, obviously the seventh season, seventh season I'll get into because that was seventh season was not what I anticipated it being, um, but I still really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, so all in all, I really enjoyed the series. Sometimes depending on if I stopped partway through a story arc that I wasn't interested in, then it took me a little <clears throat> bit of like hyping myself up to be like, okay, no, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. Um, but others I was like itching and couldn't, <laughs> couldn't wait to find out like, ah, that was a really annoying spot to have to quit. Cause, right. cause I need, I need to know what happens next. Um, Oh, one other canon break, but I'll talk about that in a sec. Um, no, I'll talk about it now. The other canon break is the fact that Yoda in Empire Strikes Back, there's no, like, R2-D2's, people are like, oh, maybe R2-D2 doesn't remember. No, no, that's not the way a droid works. A droid's got a memory bank. It just accesses that information, and then it's there like it happened yesterday. He's a computer. And yeah. so, assuming his memory hasn't been wiped, which we know C-3PO's was wiped, but R2-D2's, up until this point in canon, we've had no memory wipes between Phantom Menace and... He, oh, he remembers everything. Right. And so... Uh, the one thing that I was like, this is total bullshit. It's okay for this to happen to Yoda, but the fact that R2-D2 is a part of this punches up, asks some really big questions. I thought it was total bullshit that both R2-D2 and Yoda end up on Dagobah together. That, that 
Yoda discovering Dagobah is an adventure that he goes on with R2-D2. And then in Empire Strikes Back, when they show up on Dagobah, R2's just as like, I don't know what this place is. <laughs> like, you know, and, and I, there's already, like, Star Wars is already riddled with, why didn't this character recognize that character? Why did Obi-Wan play stupid well, when he saw R2-D2? Why didn't R2-D2 say, yeah, I know this guy. I was Anakin's droid. Hello? Hello? Um, but I thought specifically this one was just a little like, I, you know, what what benefit was there when when Luke says to R2, we're going to the Dagobah system to look for this Jedi master named Yoda. What motivation does R2 have in that moment to keep Luke in the dark? Zero. Zero. There's no reason for him not to say, oh, yeah, actually, I know Yoda, and I went to... Yeah, I've been there. Because <clears throat> up until this point, you can kind of go like, yeah, Yoda and, and R2-D2 were around at the same time throughout the prequels and the Clone Wars and stuff, but, like, they never had adventures together. So, but R2's like, it's always had... Yeah, you already alluded to, like, with R2, R2 and Obi-Wan meeting uh, in the desert with Luke, like... Like R2's always created some weird plot holes like that. Yeah. So I don't think yeah. I, but I this mean was I, just I'm another playing one. devil of advocate a bit here, but like yeah. I don't think that that does any irreparable damage. It didn't do any irreparable damage, but it it's, it's it was a bit still, of a plot hole. I'll give you it was that, another plot hole that could have been avoided. I don't, I, I don't think it's an unnecessary like I, I don't think them doing it is is bad. I, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's unnecessary. I think it's I would I, I I would lean on like the rule of cool. Oh, cool. This is how Yoda found out about Dagobah. That's cool. And I thought that like, that was cool. I also yeah. thought though that the only reason why Yoda went on that adventure with R2 instead of a different astromech was to include R2 in the story. And yeah. he didn't need to be. And so that that yeah. rubbed me. I, I'll, um, I'll give you that. The yeah. I, I have two questions for you. Sure. So for me, I think many people, the, the big storylines for the entire Clone Wars series are really the story of Ahsoka and the clones themselves, because really they're the only ones with real character development. Like, honestly, Luke, Luke and Obi-Wan and Yoda, for the most part, they are at the beginning who they are at the end when it comes to the Clone Wars series. Mean Anakin, There's not a not whole lot of growth. You see a bit from Anakin as from becoming just a Jedi Knight to be being like the master of a Padawan and stuff like that. But there's not a whole lot of growth. It really comes down to Ahsoka and the clones themselves developing personalities and friendships and relationships. And the story revolving, especially in the later seasons, the story revolving around the clones and their chips. What, what were your thoughts on those two things? Um, I loved the explanation. I loved the deep dive into, like I was less interested in stories that you were just creating and, and showing to me and didn't have any tie into the rest of the Star Wars universe. So I liked things that gave me deeper explanation and the chips were oh. one of those things. Right. You're really breaking down like, you know, there's a whole story arc where um, where a clone's chip malfunctions and he essentially executes Order 66 ahead of time. 
right? Yeah, preemptively. Um, and that's kind of like the beginning of us really delving into and talking about these chips. Um, and so I found that really fascinating. Um, I found the clones were more interesting than I anticipated them being. And it really allotted, like if you just watch the movies, you aside from like, Aside from Obi-Wan addressing Cody at one point on the the um, Utapah battle, you don't – there's no personalization to any of the clones. You don't really care about them in any way. Like, they're just kind of there. They're there, and they have yeah. about as much autonomy as the stormtroopers do. You're like, oh, okay, these are just early stormtroopers fighting for the other side but with slightly different helmets. They're background characters. Yeah. Um, and so this, I think, watching their story arc now, um, it'll certainly make it cooler in Revenge of the Sith when Cody shows up. Um, but it will also just like, I think when I watch Order 66 happen in Revenge of the Sith now, it will carry a lot more weight. Mm-hmm. It'll just be this like, it, it, because now I've seen the relationship between the Jedi and the clones, right? And how it was, Order 66 wasn't just super inconvenient and really unfortunate. It was heart-wrenching. It was, it was a betrayal. It was, you know, like, it, it, yeah, it was really upsetting. And so that I really liked. Um, as far as Ahsoka goes, she, so you, you said a couple of times to me that like when the series starts, she's just kind of annoying and, and, but you know, she, she changes and, and grows to be a really important part and you end up liking her. I, I definitely saw the growth and I definitely, like when the series ended, I was like, Ooh, like, yeah, I'm now I'm genuinely excited for the Ahsoka series. Um, and, yeah. and now I want to watch Rebels because I want to see her show up. Like, I want to see her story kind of sprinkle throughout other things. And and now I need to rewatch Mandalorian because I need to, like, it's just going to carry so much more weight. More uh, but appreciation. To be, but to be honest, I never really found, like, in the beginning, she's impulsive and she's a pain in the ass and whatever. But that never annoyed me. Like, I always just felt like, oh, this is, you know, she's a kid. Like, this is <laughs> this is the appropriate character for her, that, you know. So, I, I was never annoyed by her. I was kind of intrigued by by Snips and her um, her interactions with Anakin and, and sort of how they, they were eerily similar in their impulsiveness and their which she throws back at him a couple of times right he'd be like there, there were anakin had a lot of like do as i say not as i do moments um and ahsoka would always throw that back at him so no yeah i thoroughly i thoroughly enjoyed all of that um there were some stories that i was really looking that i knew happened that i was really looking forward to and ultimately fell flat for me um, one of that was the, I just did not care about the Darth Maul stuff. Like I, up until he showed up, I was like waiting for him cause I knew he was coming and all of this stuff. And, and then I ultimately just was like, it felt like the show grasping at straws and wanting to throw in a familiar face. Like it, it just felt like fan service that went way too far and became far too big a part of 
of the show. And so that didn't really do it for me, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but then season seven, like I was so excited for season seven. Um, could not wait because I, season, seven, season seven has gotten a lot of talk from people, right? It's like, it's the big season. Yep. It's the Order 66 season. And it really wasn't. Like it was more so, like season seven, for those who don't know, is the only season that was made by Disney and was made sort of to tie up some loose ends so that their Bad Batch show, so that they could like make a spinoff show essentially, right? And it kind of felt like that. Like it kind of felt just like, you know, okay, we we don't, like we want to be able to continue to use Ahsoka so we need to explain why she's still around. Well, yeah, it tied up a lot of loose ends. Yeah, and and right, like it like, tied up like darks, like because Darth Vader's got the dark saber and he's on Mandalorian. How do we, you know? There, there's a lot of lore stuff that left loose ends because you know, is Star Star Wars is kind of weird the way they've they've made their films because. You had the original trilogy, and then you jump back in time to the prequels, but the prequels have to line up so that the, they don't interfere with the storytelling of the original trilogy, and then the original trilogy, or the prequel trilogy ends, and now you start making a TV show, and as you alluded to earlier, you know, like, will our protagonists and our antagonists have to meet in this long-running series? So how do we do that yeah. with creating more plot which, holes? And, which all so in all, I would say Star Wars You end up having a lot of, of empty loose ends because you keep jumping around with when you just decide to start new projects at different points in time in the timeline. So you end up with all these, yeah, plot holes, like, well, with Darth Maul and Ahsoka and yeah. the Bad Batch now, you introduce them because you want to make a new series. And yeah, I don't think the prequel trilogy gets enough credit for the fact that, like, if you if you watch the prequel trilogy and then you watch the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy makes a lot of things said in the original trilogy seem like the prequel trilogy was always the plan. Like it, it's it's the fact that when Leia is sending her message through R two to Obi wan she addresses him as General Kenobi, and you know, like even you know, in the first act of the first film, they reference the Clone Wars. Right, you served yeah. my father in the Clone Wars, and yeah. it, like, there's just so much there that like is just so well tied together. George Lucas did an incredible job with his continuity in so many ways. Um, and so, but yeah, so it's season seven, it, you know, we got, a, it was base season seven was basically, we had two jobs, explain what happened to Ahsoka. Cause we want to continue to use Ahsoka and introduce and try to get people caring about unit 99, the bad batch so that we can do this bad batch. show. Um, that to me was kind of all it was. However, I still really enjoyed it. Um, I, I enjoyed, you know, I wasn't like the whole trace and what's her face. Those aren't characters that really mattered to me all that much. So even when they showed up in bad batch season one, I was like, eh, okay. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. You had a spice run and go bad and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. But like, 
They and had to as flesh much as the story out to get it started. Yeah, as much as I enjoy Ahsoka as a character, I also thought that it was like it, her ending of the season, end <clears throat> of season six was also just like, that was an ending that explained everything. It was like, okay, yeah. uh, she she left the Jedi Order. That's why we but never it, saw or heard of her ever again. We we t- I talked a lot about during Andor a, couple, a number of times, some of the cool sequences that the last season did that are essentially mirror shots from episode three. Mm-hmm. Those are really, those you got to admit, those are really cool. Yeah. The last four episodes of season seven are, are entirely different. Like they're, they're clone wars, part one, part two, part three, and part four. And it, it, they don't play the music the same way. They don't do this. Like they're a standout and that is Okay the Clone Wars side of Order 66. And that to me was like uh, maybe the highlight of the show. Like I was, yeah. I was, yeah, riveted. Um, really so anyways, cool. all in all, I enjoyed the show. Um, had a couple issues with it, but I'm super glad I watched it. It's inspired me to go and watch some of the other Star Wars animated stuff that I haven't watched. Um, yeah. You'll, rep, you'll get a lot of the same vibes from Rebels, I think. Hit and miss episodes, but the strong story beats are are really strong. Right. Uh, as for Bad Batch season one, I've, we have to touch on that very quickly. Um, you know, the Bad Batch is not a group of characters that I'm in trin- that I intrinsically care about. Um, they're not my favorite group of characters. And so... I, I, I would be right along there with you. So watch it, like, I just don't, you know, like Wrecker, okay, like, he's he's this stereotype of character. And Tech, okay, he's this stereotype of character. Yeah. And Hunter is this stereotype of character. <laughs> they're, they're all very strong, stereotypical characters, like, yeah. that, that you think of from a 90s action film. Exactly. So what is it about Bad Batch Season 1 that I still thoroughly enjoy? And that is everything that isn't about the Bad Batch. And... And there's enough of it there to keep me going. So, like, I'm, you know, you're watching season one and you're like, okay, well, what is, like, I, I kind of understand the purpose of the Bad Batch. So, but what's up with Omega? Because Omega is also, like, a an effed up clone. And, and whoa, like, what's going on with that? And the, um, the communications between Tarkin and Kamino. And Camino, like de- the the cloners, des- desperately clinging to relevance, right? Definitely, like, no, no, continue to use clones, please, please use clones. <laughs> well, yeah, just all the, the whole phasing out of the clone army. Yeah, but in the Bad Batch does a good job, much like Clone Wars did. The Bad Batch does a good job in those off moments of answering questions that that a lot of fans, including myself, had: is why did they stop using clones? Well, it's it sort of the answer to that is like, I don't think the emperor cared, right? Like there were, the, it wasn't like a big higher up thing. It was basically like, okay, the guy who's sort of in charge of securing the army for the empire moving forward is um, Tarkin and Rampit. Is that his name? Um, I can't remember. These two imperial officers and you know it's established very early on in clone wars that tarkin's not a fan of clones Mm -hmm. he just doesn't like clones and so 
then it okay it makes sense it was that it was a financial thing that for half the like clones are expensive so for half the cost of a clone you can conscript a a loser with bad accuracy and stick him in somebody the same armor somebody and, who's choosing rather than is yep. born to yep and so we don't have to yeah we don't have to depend on on the the vitality of these implanted chips and and all this stuff and so we saw that we saw the bombing and destruction of of the cloning camino facility because yep. it, the empire didn't want the republic to be able to you know order an army to to fight back against the, the empire um and so that makes sense why do we never hear of clones again why do we never see yep. why do we never see camino again um so yeah there's a lot of stuff that like that is fun and interesting and and is sort of the building of you know it's the aftermath of order 66 and that stuff is the stuff that that i'm drawn to um so yeah okay so episode one of season two Eh. (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it's 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 much of the same right it's yeah. It's the the clones are the bad batch are dealing with this sort of uh, she's introduced in season 1 what's her name Sid? Yeah, the Sid. one who's giving them all their contracts. Yeah. And yeah. I I don't like, you know, throughout season 1 you kind of wonder whether or not she's trustable. <clears throat> yeah, well the whole yeah throughout season one it just felt like i mean it it felt like because it was the whole that whole kind of plot line of coming always coming back to sid for a job was always just kind of a mean in terms of the story was just a means of it ends to keep telling the story yeah it was just convenient it's a way to just keep feeding our protagonists missions to go on it feels like a video we, game while we fill in the part the main story feels like a you know, grindy while the, while the main story is happening our main characters need to do something else for each episode so how do we do that we we introduce sid who essentially has them over a stretcher because she 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 knows who they are and at the drop yeah. of a hat she can rat them out for money to the the empire yeah and instead she's because they're useful to her, she finds them jobs and keeps so keeps th- them safe. In this episode, she's like they're pretty much ready to be done with her. Like they they're <laughs> yeah. starting to realize, like okay, like you know what's keeping us here? Let's move on. Let's leave. Um, and she's kind of grasping at straws to try to keep them. Uh, yeah, because they're useful. they're making her money. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so she kind of promises that. You know, okay, this job that I'm going to send you off on is this is the mother load. Like with one this, you job. can buy your freedom. Yeah, it's one last job. You can buy your freedom. You'll be super loaded. Like you know, blah blah blah. After that, I won't. You won't need me anymore. I won't need you. So on and so forth. Which I think is total BS. And I think she's going to. I think she's totally just playing them. Um, and it's not going to end super well for them. Um, but the job is going to Count Dooku's home planet, um, which looks like not only was it, it his home planet, but maybe also where he took his, his shore leave. Um, it was kind of his, his, it was his, it was his it, Vader's castle on Mustafar. 
is, yeah. is essentially it's, it's what not this place it's was. not only his home planet the term he's called count dooku because his family ruled the planet yeah they, yeah, were, they were the he's he's the heir to the ruling family of that planet so which like was a bad setup for a Jedi in the first place. So who's really yeah, surprised there's, that he <laughs> There's some cool lore around that, but yeah, like anyway. Who's surprised that he he became corrupted. Yeah. Um it, yeah. but yeah, what? he's 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 got these war chests. Yeah. Which again feels like a video game. I don't know. This whole this <laughs> yeah. whole thing just feels like a nice you know. it's a nice MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah. There's these war chests and they're loaded with riches, which there's actually turns out to be a shit ton of these war chests. Uh, yeah. I was thinking there was like five or six when she first started talking no, about it. There's like, like five hundred. freighters full. Yeah. Uh, and the freighters were super cool. Yeah. Like we've how seen, that was all done. We've seen those. Uh, we know we never seen them in the Clone Wars. You see them in season Rebels. one. Oh, are they in Rebels? Okay. Yeah, you see them in Rebels. Okay. Like I've seen because I've seen them before this. Right. Did we see yeah. them? They might they might have been in Bad Batch one too. I think they were in Bad Batch season one, but not as a center point. I think they were just yeah. in the background of something. But so those are cool. Um, and as a fun fun sort of piece of like Star Wars canon. Um, but yeah, they show up to do this job and their, their window is super, super short to get this job done because the, they're, they're already, already offloading off yeah. them. Um, but that's fine because they don't need all of them and they yeah, don't, they, they don't have the means to transport all of them. They need a hand, a small handful, and then they'll be, they'll be set. Um, obviously everything goes awry. We have clone troopers show up. Which well, and they're but they're not clone troopers. Some of them are right at this point. It's kind of like they're a mostly clo- this. Th- I think this group is mostly clone troopers. Okay. They're definitely led by a clone trooper. Yes, they're led by a clone. What? Uh, yeah. So that happens. They end up um, trying to escape on a freighter. Um, that's not going to work, <laughs> right? Like the freighter gets damaged and. And all of a sudden they need an exit strategy and Omega, who is some sort of genius for, she's been studying like, so this, this is, yeah, you, you skipped over this a little bit, which is, it's just fine. You're just, but, uh, one of the cool things about that they kind of dive into right away is Omega is not a useless tag along anymore. No, which was one of the problems I had with her in the first season is this, she always felt like this useless tag along and it's just like, she's an kind of the way, kind of the way I, I kind of had a dislike for Ahsoka in the beginning of the clone wars, except Ahsoka was useful still in the beginning of the clone wars. <laughs> I, like I kind of had a little bit of a dislike for Omega. Cause it's like, you're slowing the plot down here. And uh, you know, I know you're important to the story that's being told, told overall, but you know, it felt like a drag on the story, having her around yeah. all the time where like almost right out the gate here, she's, you know, she's studying ships. Tech's got her studying ships from the Imperial Navy. Right. Uh, and we got to remember here, right. She may be a lot younger than the rest of Clone Force 99, but she's still a clone. She's still, still she's not unmo- she's not an unmodified clone either. She's not like Django or Boba Fett. 
She's a modified clone. So she's got enhanced cognitive abilities, enhanced physical abilities. She just wasn't, she just doesn't have the enhanced aging. She just doesn't age as quickly. Yeah. Right. So, well, and she's, she's smart. She? She's, she's learning this, these, she's studying these ships and she's learning them quick, which we, we see that, you know, as you're alluding to there at the end, she, she's quickly like, oh yeah, this is one of these. And this is the, they have each one of these containers has got uh, a, a system set up. So they safely fall to the ground if something happens. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, but not only that, like she's like, she's gotten really good with that bow. She's that, really good uh, with that. I bow. don't know what and they the call is so cool. Like a plasma yeah. bow or something. It, it is really cool. I'm a little disappointed that she's still using it. Like it's kind of become her signature weapon, I guess. Like give her but a at blaster. The same time, you're pardon. You're saying like, hurry up and give her a blaster. Yeah. Like okay, if she, if she's that accurate with a, bu- the, the, with this bow, why, why not be like, all right, here, here's something a little more deadly and a heck of a lot more precise. I don't know. I think it's just badass. It it looks it's kind of cool. Yeah. It definitely is kind of like her signature weapon which kind of, you know, uh when it comes to uh animated TV shows of this kind of genre, that makes sense, you know, your your each character's kind of got their their signature weapon, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like Power Rangers and stuff. Yeah. So that's, I'm not, I'm not too beefed about it, but at the same time I was like, why is she still using this thing? Yeah. (laughs) She's she's obviously more capable grown. She's outgrown it, but she's still using it, but that's Mm -hmm. more my adult brain. And this is still a kid's show. Yep. Um, Yep. But uh, so I get it, but it, and it's not, that not really a knock against. It's just a little thought I had. Yeah. But yeah. so So anyway. So, yeah, so the she says, you know, we can escape in these, like, each cargo container is has its, like, re-entry, re-entry propulsion jets. So, you know, we can get in it and kind of yeah. we don't need hover safely pod. to this the ground. And, yeah, everything will be fine. We'll, st- we'll be stuck here, but we're going to live. Um, and <clears throat> uh, they get in and, and hit the button and, and actually a really cool shot. All of the things release. Um, and... Then they're plummeting towards the ground and and the guy says, Hey, like when when are these repulsion jets gonna kick in? And she's like, I'm pretty sure they should have by now. And then the screen cuts to black, right? They're they're plummeting yeah. to the earth and who knows what's gonna happen. End of end of episode one. Yeah. L- moving forward in this season, I what I'm looking forward to is like, there's still some star Wars questions for them to answer. And I hope that in season two, that sort of fleshing out the empire and learning about all of this other stuff kind of continues. I think there's plenty of room. I think it, I think it'll be a miss. Like he wasn't in season one. There's absolutely no reason for Vader not to show up in this show. Right, like Tarkin having conversations with Vader or or mm. whatever, it's the forming of the Empire. Like you know, it makes sense for him to be there. Um, he doesn't even need to interact with the Bad Batch. You know that I think that would feel <clears throat> yeah. like a stretch having him interact with them. But just sort of there in the background. 
Um, yeah. Well, I don't think he ever showed up in the first season, did he? No, he doesn't. No. Yeah. So I, so I'd like to see him in season two. Uh, the other thing I'd really like to see at some point is, okay, so now we have human troopers, um, but we don't have the stormtrooper helmet. So what right. is, what is the, the, the transition for of that? The armor. Yeah. Why does that happen? Um, so that's that's something I'm looking forward to. The one thing I will say about Bad Batch season one, and even um, season seven of of Clone Wars, is there's a noticeable difference from season six of Clone Wars to season seven, and it carries through into Bad Batch in terms of. It feels weird saying this because it's an animated thing, but in terms of like cinematography in terms of like complexity of shots, mm. m- motion of the camera, really making it feel like you're watching something that could be live action, right? Just it feels... Right. The quality bigger. of the animation is gone up noticeably. Yeah. yeah. So that's just something that Disney's <clears throat> doing really well is yeah. in terms of, you know, they're like, hey, you know, like let's let's up this. Um as it should. It's Disney. They're they're known for their animation and exactly both digital exactly. and not. <laughs> so I'm 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 curious moving forward in season two. I'm not yeah. jumping for joy. Um I'm not <laughs> can't wait for episode two, but I am uh yeah, I'm I'm open. I'm open to episode two <laughs> yeah, and the rest of season two. What are your thoughts yeah. moving forward? Is there anything I, on your wish list? I don't, I don't think I got much of that on my wish list. I think, yeah, I don't have a huge wish list for what I'm expecting from this. I think the big things I'm expecting from this, especially based off just this first episode is how are the, is clone force 99 if at all going to be tied into the rebellion the 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 growth and this the spurring the of of the rebellion um because echo kind of alludes to it a little bit right at the beginning of this episode uh i'm interested to see like as of before like the end of season one the Empire thing, and they say this at the beginning of this this episode too. The Clone Clone Force ninety nine is dead, as far as the Empire is concerned. They died on yep. Camino. Yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see where that kind of storyline goes. How how secretive can they stay if without being caught? Uh, do they kind of become known to the Empire again? Where what role does Cro- is Crosshair going to play in this season? Right, Crosshair is still part of the Empire. Yeah, I, I think that'll be interesting. And he made he made a con- he removed his chip and made a conscious decision to stay an Imperial trooper. Well, his 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 chip was removed long before. Yeah the 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 season season one started apparently. Apparently, yeah. So yeah, like he he. He's a little bit more where the the interesting thing about Clone Force 99 is that while all clones are kind of engineered to follow orders, Clone Force 99 is known for not following orders throughout the entire Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And Crosshair is apparently 
out of all of Clone Force 99, likes following orders a little bit more than everyone else <laughs> to mm-hmm. the point where he joins the Empire instead of sticking with his his crew. Yeah. So, yeah, I think those are the only real big unanswered questions and kind of curiosities I have moving forward. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of anything else that really perks my interest in terms of what where this story could go. Um, yeah. The characters are kind of somewhat interesting, even though like you, like you were saying, like they're very, they're very like, um, stereotypical, um, care characteristics like tech tech. Well, tech is the smart one. <laughs> That's why he's called tech. It's kind of like, kind of like, yeah, like uh, old school, uh, um, TV shows with like, uh, you got, uh, with, um, power Rangers or mm-hmm. Ninja turtles or anything where there's like several people they all that are your main protagonists, a small group that's your main protagonist. They all, they usually have very strong archetypes that they follow. Yeah. Right. Hunter is the staunch leader and wrecker is the, the brute with, it's not very smart. And so, yeah, like, um, it'd be, and this is like, as of this, I've seen the second one already. I haven't, the third one's out as of this recording. I haven't seen fourth it yet. one's out too. I kind of breaking into the second one, a little teeny bit here. I hope they do more of what they do with tech in the second episode with the other characters. Okay. Okay. And I won't allude right. into that. I'll save that for when we get into episode two. Yeah. Uh, Cause I thought it was really interesting and I'd love to see more of that. It's not really a, it's kind of a wish list thing. It's more of a, this, that of a hope because it will, it will be what makes the story is interesting moving forward. If they right. do that, cool. otherwise it'll be less interesting. I think. Well, thank you for listening. Um, and season episode two and three will come. We'll uh, we haven't talked about it in this episode, but Carl is expecting a child any minute now. Um, Literally, and so yeah, so we'll. It's going to be influenced by that sort of a little bit, um, but there will be. We will get caught up, right? At some point, we'll yeah. do a little bit of doubling up so that it'll we get are, done. Yeah, and 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 we'll get caught up so that we're releasing episodes kind of like we did with Andor, right? Sort of in in sync with them coming out. Um, got a little bit of catching up to do, but hey, I had seven seasons of a show to watch. So <laughs> yeah, so this was on yourself. this was on the calendar to rec- this episode was on the calendar to record like a week and a half, two weeks ago. Yeah, and wow. we, was, we we go to record it, and I'm like, so are we doing uh, we doing Bad Batch season two? Today. Like, I need a little more time. Brady's like, no, I'm not done Clone Wars yet. <laughs> yeah, I was barreling through. Well, Christmas was in there and that kind of, there was like a week where I yep. didn't watch any. And so that like, yeah, it was rough. But uh, Slowed you down. Stupid Christmas. Uh, <laughs> check out our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all listed below. Our Patreon page, support us and gain access to our exclusive Patreon content for as little as a dollar a month. Um, but there's, there's, other stuff there um, at other tiers. If you want to spend a little bit more, that's super appreciated. Uh, it's good for you and it's good for us. It helps us run the show and keep it uh, keep it flowing smooth. Um, also, check out our merch page. Another great way to support us, but also get some some nasty swag. 
I don't know why I said nasty, but I said it in a way that kind of made it sound like it was a good thing, I guess. So. <laughs> Try to sexualize it. Nasty. Mm, some nasty swag. People, you're going to be wearing Movie Men merch, people coming up to you and they'll be like, man, you nasty. The way you said that, it makes it sound like we have Movie Men underwear on there or something. Not yet. <laughs> Leave it with me. Leave it with me. Get, uh, yeah. Well, I'm just sporting my move. I'm sporting my B team G string today. It's, yeah. Uh, on the back, on the on the butt side, it says nasty merch, and on the front, it's got the movie men <laughs> tag logo. Oh my god, that's gross. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. I I don't know how to end the episode other than than just just I like. I, Thank you for listening. Yeah. Yeah. We'll We're sorry. That. We're so sorry. Again, again, the ability to speak does not make you intelligent.